Welcome, welcome back to our first episode of the Teacher's Cup of Coffee here in 2019. And I'm recording this on Martin Luther King Day. And I thought no better time to be recording an episode on empathy, on empathy. You know, if your school is like mine, you know, we're spending a lot of time trying to train students how to be empathetic of others. But I think it's really important that we also continue to train ourselves how to be empathetic to our students. You know, we're trying to teach our students but do we fully understand them, you know? And and empathy is so different from sympathy. It's so much harder than sympathy, frankly. But when we truly feel empathy, when it's real, it impacts our language, it impacts our instruction, it impacts our feelings. It just changes everything when we have that true empathetic moment. And you can think about it in your own life. You know, you can be sympathetic to, to people all the time and sort of feel bad for what they're going through or feel bad um, for their plights. But it's so different when you've been through the same thing and when you feel empathy. You immediately can connect to them more. You know exactly how they're feeling. You know exactly how they're perceiving the world. And it's just so much deeper when you have true empathy. So as always, I like to read a lot and watch a lot of Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek, he is a business leader. And he did a talk on empathy and how it how those in charge need to really understand empathy in order to really be good leaders. And you know, in the classroom, we're the leaders. So it's important for us to understand empathy. And the first thing he talks about is not being in charge. Like I just said, let's not be in charge, but let's be responsible for those in our charge. And that just changing that can change so much. I'm not in charge in my classroom. I'm responsible for all these students in my classroom. And when you think this way and you don't get angry or you don't belittle students, you, you know, it changes everything because you start to tell them to try again. So it's not like I'm in charge, you're not listening, you know, and then I get on you and all of a sudden you go into a shell. It's I'm responsible for your learning and you're not listening. Can you keep up? Can you try again? Can you try harder to stay with me here? You know, and just that little language change change can do a lot to change our classroom. And, you know, just think about the homework thing. We've talked about this in the past, but let's pretend you got a kid that's not doing his homework, right? And and let's say you say, I notice you haven't been doing your homework. This is a big part of your grade and you need to be responsible and make it up. You know, that doesn't really inspire kids today. That doesn't really do much. The flip of it is to have a little bit more empathy and say, I notice you haven't been doing your homework lately. What's up? Is everything okay? And that can sort of change the conversation. Because remember, we're not in charge. We're responsible for those in our charge. And empathy is concern for the human being, not just their output. If we lead a classroom with empathy, we are concerned about the human beings in the classroom, not just the output of the human beings. And that can be so contradictory to today's educational landscape, right? Because so much is based on their output, their score on tests. And we don't think that, you know, that's not what's important. What's important is the actual human being. So Simon Sinek goes on to say there are four ways 
we can be better at empathy with students of today. The first one, we must be empathetic of the parenting many of them are experiencing at home. It's different than how we grew up, and it's way different than how like past generations grew up. So parenting today, there's participations awards, participation awards. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a medal. Oh, you're so special, right? So it's one thing to not like that style of parenting, but it's another thing to bring empathy and understanding of that parenting, which has led to the students that are in front of us in a classroom. We need to understand that that's where they're coming from. They've been given participation awards. They've been told they're so special. And if we understand this, we don't get mad at them when they show sort of the symptoms of that type of parenting. Instead, we work through it because we are empathetic of where they're coming from. So we need to be empathetic of the type of parenting they're experiencing. Number two, we need to be empathetic of their technology. You know, Kids are addicted to technology. Frankly, we're all addicted to technology, right? Just many of us grew up without cell phones, so we didn't have this in our formative years. But we've talked about it. Like Every time our cell phone gives a little ding or a message or a like or a mention, we get a hit of dopamine in our brain, and our brains are all addicted to this dopamine. It's why we don't get our, it's why our phones are never out of our reach. You know, and not only that, but it's led to kids wanting peer approval all the time. Now they don't just get peer approval when they're with their peers. They're seeking peer approval when they're not with their peers by posting pictures and messages. And they've sort of lost the ability for human interaction. You know, kids don't even know how to ask each other for help. All they know is how to post something and then hope it gets a like, hope it gets a mention. And this this addiction to technology, this walks into the classroom with them. This is the brains that are sitting in front of us. We need to be empathetic to that. Maybe it leads to us complimenting them more. Maybe it leads to us trying to give them little hits of dopamine if we can in a way that we accept them and, and and, you know, little quick snippets can even lead to that same thing as a like. You know, you see a kid do three things you don't like and one thing you do like. Back in the day, you'd point out the three things so that they'd, you know, they'd fix them. But today with these kids whose heads are so addicted, we might have to ignore the three things we don't like and compliment the thing we do like because then that gets their brain to seek more of those compliments. It's hard to be empathetic to this addiction to technology, but this is the way their brain is wired and we must be empathetic to it in the classroom. The third thing we need to be empathetic to is their impatience. Because of both the parenting and the technology addiction, you know, kids are used to instant gratification. There's no more waiting around for things to be acknowledged. They are used to being told they're great right away, or they're used to getting that like on their phone right away. So we need to acknowledge that they bring this impatience into the classroom and try to work with this impatience and try to not feed into it, not fight against it, but acknowledge, hey, you're impatient and you come from a society at your age that has created you to be this way and our classroom has to acknowledge this and it doesn't mean we have to tell you you're great every three seconds but it does mean that we have to be very cognizant of the impatience you have and try to help you get through it. And the fourth one is empathy of the classroom environment, right? So all of our classrooms are a little bit different. But for the most part, many classrooms still value the right answer more than anything else. If a kid is right, they get rewarded. And that is the like foundation of many classrooms. And if a kid behaves well, they get rewarded. So rightness and good behavior... And this kind of leads into our, our environment of the classroom can often promote keeping your head down. Just, hey, just come in, 
don't be noticed and try not and, and just try to get the right answer as much as possible. And that doesn't lead into collaboration. That doesn't lead into taking risks. That doesn't lead into necessarily persevering through our hard tasks, right? So we need to be empathetic of that classroom environment and what it's doing to kids when they're in the room. So it's one thing to have your kids walk in the room and say, oh, I feel so bad for kids nowadays, you know, because they just don't get it. So that would be sympathy, right? But it's so different to experience empathy and say, you know, oh, here come these kids that a lot of them have parents who have told them they're special. A lot of them are addicted to their technology and their dopamine hits. A lot of them are really impatient. They, they don't persevere. They don't work hard because that's not how the society has raised them to be. And a lot of them don't fit into the classroom environment. You know, they, they don't know how to be perfectly behaved. They don't know all the right answers. And when we bring empathy of all those different things into our classroom, suddenly we start to see the kids differently and we start to talk talk to the kids differently. We use different language. We might we might give way more little positive reinforcement tidbits, you know, all of these different things that help get through the different things that block them from being able to learn and, and really block them from being able to persevere through hard ta- through hard tasks. So empathy is not easy. You know, we we all want to relate to what our students are going through, but we really have to focus on what are they going through? right? We can't just say it all, the kids kids these days, kids nowadays, it's so different, you know. Um, and we need to remember, we're not in charge, okay? We're responsible for those in our charge. So we don't need to always be right. We don't always have to act like we're in control. We are there for the children, and we must be empathetic of this new world they live in. We must be empathetic of how their brains are now wired, you know. And if we are, then we can teach them the best. Then we can keep their attention the best. You know, I I also coach high school basketball and it's one thing I've noticed over the last 15 years of coaching is just being completely tough on kids just doesn't work like it used to work 10 years ago. Now I sort of need to nurture them, make sure they understand what they're good at, make sure I compliment that as much as possible when it's when it makes sense and then also give them little small goals about what they're not good at and help them work on those little things they're not good at while also maintaining a a sense of positivity about what they are good at. And it's the same thing in the classroom. And I know I haven't made the connection very strongly here, but what better day to be thinking about empathy than Martin Luther King Day? It, you know, that was the crux of his message, the crux of the message that was so needed in our country at that time. And so I think as you have your Monday afternoon, or if you're listening to this a year from now, who knows? How can you be more empathetic to the kids that walk into your classroom? How can you understand better exactly where they're coming from and exactly what their experiences have been? And once we are, once we fully and truly are empathetic, then our language will change, our instruction will change, our compliments will change, our processes will change, and students will have the best chance at succeeding in our classroom and succeeding later on in life. So in honor of MLK, let's practice empathy this week but let's mean it. Let's remember how they're parented, remember their addiction to technology, remember how they're, they're impatient, and remember the classroom environment, and put that all into practice as we work with kids to help them get better at their next targeted skill. I hope everybody had a great three-day weekend. I hope you're staying warm, and I look forward to talking to you soon, again, here at the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Yeah, we gotta change the game, just you and me.